And welcome, greetings, and salutations, my fellow Skywatchers from all corners of the globe. We're back live on air once again on this beautiful July 1st or 2nd, really, depending on where you are that you're listening live. But thank you for joining us tonight. We, of course, are broadcasting from New Logic Studios in Miami, Florida. I am Angel, one half of the usual suspects on the show. With me as usual, <laughs> unless he's sleepy, and I don't think he is by that sound. No, and, uh, I'm awake. I've had my caffeine. That is my co-host, Alan Weiler. Alan, Alan, how you doing, buddy? I am doing amazingly amazing tonight. I've had my caffeine. I've had my power nap. I am ready for a wonderful evening. Of You're jonesing tonight, huh? I'm looking forward to talking to some of our people uh, that are our guests tonight. Absolutely, yes. Now, from what remote location are you joining us? Are you home tonight? I am actually home tonight. Finally, took me. But I'm only here for a couple of days. Then I'm off again. Ah, see, they just run it for us. What? I'm home. Finally, took me long enough. You know, we love it when you're home on Tuesday nights. Yes, and we I have great home. sound. We could have a great conversation. And tonight, folks, I think we're going to have a really good show. Uh, tonight, we have filmmakers Elder Sherwood and Jeremiah Kaner. And um, who the heck are they, you're asking? Well, they're uh, writers, directors, and actors, and producers. So they do a little bit of everything. They covered all the bases. All the bases. And they're from out in Seattle. Shout-outs to all my peeps in Seattle. Got a lot of friends out in Seattle, as you might know. Huh? Well, they say you're, they're, they say that well, you're, you're, they're your friends. I don't know if I believe it or not. But uh, I don't know what they're saying behind my back, but at least to my face, they're like, hey, we're friends. Shout-outs to Heavenly Angel out of sight. Of course, the big homie, Sir Makes a Lot. Rush and Communion from the Rush Project and my friend Carlos Delgado. All out in Seattle. I got, see, I got, I got friends in Seattle. And, yeah, behind my back, they're probably uh, slandering my name. Oh, yeah, they're making fun of you because that's the best thing they can do for you. It's the UFO guy. I got to make fun of him. But uh, back to back to the bio here. Uh, let's see. Alder and Jeremiah pre- uh, previous worked on uh, which this is really really cool, guys. Uh, they worked in a documentary called Time Travel Zero, and this came out back in two thousand and nine, which deals with the very well known and so called time traveler John Teeter. Dun, dun, dun. Now, Alan, well, yeah. this is a movie that I'm really interested in watching after uh, seeing the trailer. Uh, you know, I know a lot about John Teeter. Are you familiar at all with the John Teeter situation? Uh, I, I, I am reasonably familiar with the John Teeter situation. Well, I don't know if it's a situation because he sort of up and vanished. Disappeared, but, yeah. 
But, That's the know, situation. Yeah, he's uh, gone. Yeah, he's gone. We don't know if he went back to the future or future to the back. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I do find it interesting that you know, you know, he his explanation of why things didn't land out the way he wanted to is, you know, the whole multiverse theory and a whole bunch of other aspects of the universe that we haven't begun to start to explore and explain. Now, for those out there who might not know who John Teeter is, John Teeter is somebody who is well-known to the UFO community, to the Art Bell community, to the Old Coast community. Uh, John Teeter's story started off back in, what, the year 2000, so we're talking about something that's 14 years old, people. Well, technically, he started showing up and making comments around 98, but, you know, well, that's my understanding. Yeah, it was around that time period, but it really heated up in 2000. And uh, although there is debate over the exact date, like you can see here, um, on November 2nd, 2000, a person calling themselves Time Travel underscore Zero and later John Teeter started posting on a public forum that was uh, that he was a time traveler from the year 2036. So not that far in the future, actually, 2036. No, not that no. far at all, but still just a little bit. Off-center, you know. A little bit. Now, one of the first things that he did was post pictures of his time machine and its operations manual, which, of course, if you're a time traveler, you're going to have a time machine. And it's going to bring an operations manual. Unless they teach you how to use it first, then... You know, I'm looking at the, you know, it's a time traveler manual, and it's not in a hologram format. It's actually in black and white paper. So I don't know what to think of that one. Well, it's only 2036. I mean, they could discover time travel, but maybe they haven't, you know, figured out the whole hologram. Well, if you, look at, if you look at it, it's all like sketches, sketches, not even using a CAD program to show design and everything. So I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit confused on that one. If we're so advanced in the future at that point... Uh, why does it look like it was all hand-drawn stuff and not a computer-aided design or, you know, a CGI or something design uh, in the printer? You know, well, that, that's uh, been part of uh, the, the questioning of what John Teeter is all about, if he's even real or not for the last 14 years. Well, uh, because of I that kind of... I think he's real, but I don't know if he knows what he's actually talking about, but I'm um, assuming he's a real person at one point. Well, at somebody was, you know, on that chat room claiming to be John Teeter. We know that much. Right, yeah. Now, as this person was posting the operations manual, uh, it says here, as the weeks went by, more and more people began questioning him about why he was there and the physics of time travel and his thoughts about our time. He also posted on other forums, including the, non, now, the now non-existent Art Bell website, and uh, his post, uh, John Teeter entertained, angered, and frightened, and even belittled those who engaged him in conversation. So he was a nice fella. So what did he say to frighten yeah. you? I'm going to kill your grandfather? I mean, you know, I'm going to travel back in time and kill your grandfather. Ha, ha, ha. And I will make it so you cease to exist. Now, on March 21st, 2001, John Tito told us that he would be leaving our land and returning to 2036. After that, he was never heard from again. Speculation have in uh, investigations about who John Teeter was and why he was online continue to this day. But again, nothing's been uh, determined. And although it may be easy to dismiss all the uh, all the stuff that he did, uh, dismiss all the science fiction stuff that he did, right? Because that's really what it looks like. Most people who read his post agree, though, that there is something very haunting about John Teeter and what he said. But in addition, you, hang on, did you say haunting or hokey? A little bit of both. Okay. And now, in addition, and open to more debate, uh, he also made a series of predictions and comments that eerily seemed to be coming sort of true, kind of true, but they were vague. You know, like a lot of predictions from uh, so-called prophets? 
Even though he's not uh-huh. technically a prophet because he's from the future, so he's just telling you about his history. So, not really a prophet, right? No. No. Now, although, like I said, it may be easy to dismiss it, it's still a very fascinating story. And these two folks uh, made a movie about them. It uh, came out in 2009. I want to check it out again. It's called Time Travel Zero. Uh, well, I, technically, it's Time Travel underscore zero. So, if you want to look it up, you have to, I think, put the underscore in there. Uh, now, they also produced a, a television pilot called The Divine Mary Gold. Okay. Well, who did anybody pick it up? Or no, not yet. No, I don't think so. I haven't heard of uh, that okay. on the network yet. Uh, they also co-own uh, Corvus Eye Productions, which is producing Do You Shift, which is the main film we're going to talk about tonight. The film is expected to be released in mid-2015 sometime, so this upcoming year and coming up next year sometime in the summer, you're going to get this movie, so we're a little bit uh, still away from it, but the trailer just hit the internet, Alan. I know I, I sent it to you earlier. Yeah, I, I saw, saw it. It. It, was, so it. It was different. Um, it, it looked interesting. Um, I, I, I don't know. You know, I'm trying to get the whole meaning of it, especially when they say, do you shift? Well, you got you guys out there who are watching and not watching, but listening to the show, you guys, I want you all to, during our break time, um, even though listen to our sponsors, take a look and please call in and comment about what you think of their trailer. It runs just under three minutes. And I was yeah. just, you know, I, I found it interesting. Um uh, it's an, it, I'm not it is sold on it yet. Well, uh, I, I'd like to see a theatrical release. I want to see the film first before I judge it. Yeah, but yeah, I want it definitely. I want to see the film. But they they've definitely touched on a couple of different things here with this John Teeter thing and with this shape shifting uh, shape shifting movie. Uh, two subjects that I'm really interested in. So I'm really excited to have him on and talk about this movie and and uh, why they they made this documentary. But uh, check this out. You can check out the the uh, the video. I'm going to post it on our Facebook, which again is facebook.com forward slash Skywatchers Radio, and everybody can go there and follow along with all the news clips that we have to talk about later. We have a lot of news articles that we want to go over in a few minutes, but uh, we're going to post this video on there also so you guys can check out the video. I also tweeted it out, which I haven't used our Skywatchers tweet or Twitter. Tweet? Tweeter? I haven't used it in a long time. Folks. Twitter, Twitter, really, man. I'm, I'm, I'm not a Twitterer. I'm, I'm not a Twitterer. I'm sorry. I'm just, you know, that's one technology that kind of like uh, goes over my head. I'm, the, I'm a Facebook uh, hell. Even MySpace still has a little bit of my attention. Oh, good God! Did he say that out loud? Folks? I said it out loud. Yes. My look. I'm, I'm still a musician at heart, man. And MySpace now is all about music, right? Um, I, I don't know. know. I haven't visited in almost a decade, so I don't know. <laughs> Wow, really? It's been that long. I remember, when, remember back in the day when MySpace was like the greatest website for like social media. No, can't say I remember that. Nope. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. Oh well. Look, if you guys want to check out the uh, video, uh, the trailer for uh, Do You Shift, uh, check it out on YouTube.com when we go on break later. It's uh, YouTube.com forward slash Do You Shift, all one word: D O Y O U S H I F T. So, Do You Shift? Can that does that mean we could say holy shift today? We can say holy shift. Okay, good. All right. And according to Nancy, we could say some other dirty stuff. Cause, man, she got away with a, a nice dirty comment yesterday. Did you hear her future theater? No, unfortunately, I didn't. I was on an uh, airplane coming back to Florida. It was great. Shout outs to uh, Nancy and Bill Burns, by the way. Shout out to them. Hey, how are you? If they're listening, <laughs> saved our butts. Last uh, show we did here and uh, showed up. Uh, well, they great saved interview. you. Hold on, they saved your butts because you hung no. up the phone on me. 
You know, you, you hung up. No, you hung up. no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. And Nancy can back me up on this, by the way. Uh-huh. We were in mid-conversation. All of a sudden, you started snoring, sir. Yeah, snoring. that's true, that's true. I, I, I got to admit, I have had... It was it was a rough, <laughs> rough week for me. I I will be the first person to admit I it's possible I was snoring. Uh, it's possible. All right. No, it, it's not only possible, it's archived. If anybody wants to hear it, go to skywatchersradio.com. The, I, didn't, I, I didn't edit it out, man. I'm sorry. Uh, it's funny because that's, as soon as you hear like, the drop, you, know, you can hear like, the, the entire audio of the show just goes back to normal from this heavy... And then silence. <laughs> it's a beautiful I'm sorry. thing. I, I, I'm sorry. If you knew but, the hours that I was keeping doing what I was doing <laughs> last week, you'd you'd have pity on me. You'd, you'd understand. You really would. Here's the funny thing, though, Alan. And uh, right. this is the, the the most hysterical part of all of last week. Okay. As soon as as soon as you hung up, because it, it was kind of like a thing where it was getting really loud. So I had two options: either I keep you on and wake you up in mid in, in mid sentence on air. That would have been a or, great routine, yeah. Or and, and what I actually figured because I thought it was actually your Skype at first was having some kind of issue because we have this kind of technical thing on Future Theater with Bill, so yeah. I was like, oh maybe his Skype is having, it. and then I was like, oh no wait that was a snore, but I, I I heard the last snore as soon as I hit the like the you know the exit button to just get you off and disconnect your call, uh, but I thought I was gonna have to like, just bring you back on because I thought your connection was having some kind of problem. When right. I initially called you back, I didn't get an answer because you were sleeping, and then like a minute later you wake up and you're like, I got my second wind. What happened? <laughs> yeah, I had my power nap. I went into overdrive, and I'm like, "Dude, come on, get me back in." And you're like, "Nah, man, you, to hell with you. I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not bringing you back into the show tonight." And I'm like, "Oh, you bastard!" And again, thank you to uh, Bill and Nancy Burns for saving yeah. my buttocks last week. Because uh, sleepyhead over here uh, missed a good show. It's. It, I, I, I am so Burns. upset. I. I really, actually, honestly, am upset about it. Uh, I really want to talk to them because I know they're great people and they had some really, really insightful stuff to talk about. And uh, I'm just really upset. I'm gonna have well, to cry they'll, now. Well, they'll they'll definitely be back on the show and wipe the tears, my friend. Wipe the tears away because tonight we need you to be on your A game. We have a good show. We have a lot of news to go over. In fact, uh, let's go over some of that stuff. And by the way, I know some of you out there that are listening are just dying to call in. That's right. I'm sure they are. Notice uh, how I went silent there for a few seconds. That's on purpose. I was being sarcastic when I said dying to call in. Uh, we do want to have you call in, so please pick up that phone and call us. We have open lines the last 30 minutes with our guest. So if you want to call in and, and ask him anything about their films, please do so. 786-245-8127 is the call-in number. If you want to call in in the next uh, 10-15 minutes uh, while we're doing our news segment, please call in and ask anything you want to ask about dealing with the news. Uh, but for the time, uh, at least for the first 40 minutes of our interview with the guest, uh, please don't call in. Let us uh, dissect the information that we're about to uh, get into tonight with them. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to talk about shape shifting, John Teeter, time travel. But right now, let's get into some news. What do you say, Alan? I think that's a good idea. Whatever the hell that is. Yeah, we're going to come up with some kind of audio jingle or something for when we transition to the news. I think that's a good idea. What do you think? I think that would be a cool thing to do. Right. I just don't know what sound effects we want to use. All right, all right. Well, we'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. All now, right. let's start off with uh, this news right out of Australia or our friends down under. 
Oh, uh, the uh, people. The Aussies. Who... Yeah. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll let you. I'll let you start that one off. Yeah, this is a funny story. Check this out. Australia's alien UFO hunters number thirty-four thousand, and use about eighty-five million computer hours. That's a lot. Yeah, but eighty-five million in a year in a decade. Uh, you know. Well, do the math on that one. Check this out. It says here, uh, not even soaring electricity costs can stop Australia's most uh, enthusiastic alien hunters. It says uh, about 1.5 million people worldwide contribute to the search for extraterrestrial intelligence through SETI at home. I have that also. Is that still up and running? That is still up and running, allowing wow. uh, personal computers and devices uh, like tablets and stuff uh, to analyze radio signals from space while they're idle. So, you know, while you're not doing anything, it's doing something. Something may be important, right? SETI, the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, originated back in the 1960s when a group of radio astronomers began to search the skies for intelligent life outside of Earth. And so far, not a damn thing has been found. But anyway... Well, no, Astra- no, they, have the, they found the wow flutter and... Other anomalies, they just couldn't duplicate them. Yeah, because it was probably just us bouncing off whatever, and they just picked up one of our signals. But anyway, Australia's uh, Parks Radio Telescope became an important part of the search in the mid-1990s, and now 34,000 Aussies are among the most dedicated to the search for extraterrestrials. In uh, SETI's rankings, uh, they say that the U.S. is number six. We said number six, guys. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well. Uh, just behind Japan and just ahead of the French. All right. Anytime we could stick it to the French, I'm good with that. Uh, now, says Dr. David Anderson, uh, director of SETI at Home with uh, Berkeley University, said many of their members have been involved in the project for over 10 years now and are really, really excited about the possibilities of, I guess, finding life, right? Uh, current, right. Uh, this is your current. Uh, we're logging about 2.5 billion computer hours per year. Wow. Uh, and he says here, that's about 85 million by Australian volunteers alone, he said. That's amazing. That many, yeah, I was going to say there are that many people in Australia. That, well, that too, yeah. Aussies have dedicated 1.3 billion computer hours in the past uh, 15 years with the uh, SETI project and have been running uh, running in one of those dedicated locals uh, says here running the uh, software is Simon Wong yeah this is a guy named Simon Wong who lives in Sydney Australia right that's because when you think of Sydney Australia you think of last names like Wong <laughs> just saying Australia's and he's actually Australia's leading individual contributor to this project so Simon Wong from Australia is number Wong Okay. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> That's just wrong. That is. Anyway, ranked 11th in individual standings, Mr. Wong is contributing to an estimate 1.4 million com- uh, says your computer Wait, hours it? a year. So that's a lot. From Does it say Wong. what his first name is? His name's something? No, no. His name is Simon Wong. So his real name is something. So his real name is something Wong. Anyway, and I'm going to quote here, says, I do have multiple systems involved, Mr. Wong said, including desktops, laptops, plus systems I've put together myself for my brother, who's uh, happy to contribute to SETI at home, under my name, of course, Mr. Wong said. And uh, I don't mind that I seem to be getting higher in the contribution rankings. Well, shouldn't he, you know, I think he might have been better off mining for Bitcoins than uh, Dude, there's so much money in Bitcoins. Right now, that's crazy. Yeah, well, is what it is, you know. Yeah. Anyway, Mr. Wong here says uh, he believes the possibility of life outside of Earth uh, exists, 
but he says he is interested. Uh, his interest lies more in the uh, science behind the study at home project, more than even just finding life itself. He says I am primarily interested in helping this uh, Berkeley-driven project uh, from a software engineering or scientific point of view. He said, "How can we best process this massive radio signal data efficiently and cost-effectively?" He questions. Hmm. That's a good question. Right. Australian universities and even the Australian skeptics uh, contribute to the uh, search, which Dr. Anderson says is driven by desire to support scientific goals and discover life outside of Earth, which is all, which is the goal of all of us. Right. Listening on this show. And uh, by the way, if you guys want to follow along again, go to our uh, Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Skywatchers Radio. If you guys want to read along with some of the stories we're going over here, uh, that's an interesting story. I didn't know that Australia had that much interest in SETI at home. It's, you, you really learn something new every day in this ufology business. Well, what else have they got to do, you know? Well, kangaroos, hot women. They have a Can- lot of hot women in Australia. Okay, I, I I definitely vote for the hot women. I really don't want to get beat up by a kangaroo. You it's funny what? how it's funny how I went from kangaroos to hot women, though. I just noticed that. You guys, yeah, noticed that? Y- yeah. Y- you know, I I I figure that most of the kids that get abducted in uh, in Australia are not from aliens. It's usually from dingoes or other things. So, uh, yeah, that's that's probably what happens. Uh, what's really really interesting? Do you know that there are more things that can kill you in Australia? than anything else, anywhere else in the world. I did not know that. They've got thousands of things that can kill you, like the tiniest little snake to the tiniest spider that can poison you and kill you. I'm like, wow, that's just freaky. I just not know that. Yes, now you do. And that's a very, very bad Johnny Carson impression. Sorry, folks. Anyway, moving on to our next story. This is coming out of OpenMinds.tv itself. It says here, National UFO Alert. Uh, seven states reported 284 UFO cases in June alone. Just this past month. In June. Hmm. 284 UFO reports, guys. The National UFO Alert Rating System has been uh, updated for uh, July 2014 with California, Texas, Florida, Missouri, New York, North Carolina, Pennsylvania all moving uh, to a UFO Alert 2 or 3 as the highest report states uh, during the month of June 2014 uh, filled the uh, with Mutual UFO, uh, the Mutual UFO Network, or MUFON. Uh, these were all filed with MUFON, I should say. Uh, California right. was uh, the, was leading, uh, which makes a lot of sense. California was leading. Uh, remember, that's in that area. Area 51 is not that far away. A lot of test flights, I'm sure, in that area. But California was leading the high-reporting states in June with about 107 cases, up uh, from 102 in May and uh, 80 in April. So it's steadily going up, very steady. I'm still just like, do me favors, send me the photos, then I'll believe it, you know? But even the photos uh, are easy to well, to hoax nowadays. You really believe photos well, anymore? Well, you're right, true. It, it, so. it is easy to hoax, but, well, you know, there's still a lot of... Exactly. Uh, yeah, he, he cut out. I don't know. Anyway, it says here, uh, the single state listed as an alert two with 100 or more cases... Uh, the other top reporting states had 25 or more cases, and an alert three. Uh, those are Texas, Florida, Missouri, New York. Um, this is uh, interesting. I didn't know they were doing terror report or terror alerts uh, within the states for UFO yep. reports. That's kind of what it feels like, doesn't it? Well, it is what it is. You know, uh, I don't know if I'm thrilled about that or not. 
That's a great answer, by the way. All other states, uh, <laughs> says here, uh, move to, to UFO Alert 5 category with lower numbers of UFO activity. The state, uh, the watch states uh, with 10 or more cases are Alabama, Kentucky, and Tennessee. Well, what colors are what? You know, is it code red, code purple? Code, what are the uh, UFO colors? Mm, code red. I love that drink. Uh, well, it doesn't really specify any colors here, man, but it does uh, just say that you know, alert one, two, three, and four, and five, and, and six. I don't just keep going. MUFON now released in June uh, statistics for July 1st, uh, where the total numbers are, again, reported of UFO sightings uh, is listed by state. The entire uh, country was moved back to a, to its lowest alert level for UFO alerts uh, in a while. It went down to alert level number five. Huh? Not bad. Again, California takes the lead with 107 cases, though. In Florida, down here, we got 29 cases, 29 reports. That's it. Just 29 reports out of Florida. Kind of depressing, isn't it? Not a lot in the skies of Florida. You there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm waiting for you to say something. Well, I I, I <laughs> went totally blank on you again. I didn't even hear what you said. What was the question? What was the statement? See, this is Skype. Uh, the NSA is it's, really it, trying that, to... That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that's exactly either that or your connection's just kind of crappy tonight. It ain't me because you said all the dials went down on your end, not on mine. Sorry. Well, here's the thing: if your connection kind of drops for a second, it might do that. I don't know. It may be a, a singularity problem with Skype tonight. But either way, this story is dead on arrival. So let's just move on to the next one because uh, you didn't hear half of it. I don't really care to read most of it. Uh, all right. Look, let's just put it this way: they're uh, they're saying uh, it's kind of like terror alerts for UFOs. Great. But yet, right. no UFOs are landing on the White House. Now there are terror alerts for the UFOs, but my question is: is what are the um, what are the color codes for it? There is no color codes, man. They're just saying it's like terror, or, or not terror, but they're saying it's like alert level one, two, three, and four. That's really all they're saying. There's really or five even alert five, and we've just gotten lower to UFO alert five. So okay, yeah, that's weird, man. Uh, like I said, it's uh, they're trying to scare us. I guess I don't know, you're, like you're breaking. Alert. You're trying to break up again, and I'm just like. Well, now see, you're starting to break up, young man. So, all right, that may be well, the case. Yeah, what we're gonna do is we're gonna hang up on you real quick, and I'm gonna bring you back, and that that should fix it. And if it doesn't fix it, oh well. Hopefully, it does fix it though. Let's see. Let's Maybe we'll get him on here, maybe not. Alan, uh, well, are you there, I, sir? Yeah, I am there. I am so upset that you hung up on me. Oh, I am furious. Well, you're going to have to hold it in tonight for Do a couple I more minutes. Do I sound convincing at all? I'm just not at all, but hopefully your connection holds up, man. It really sucks having technical problems on I here. Think we'll, uh, I think it will hold up right now. I just uh, double-checked everything that's were, right here. Were you, were you going to get that milkshake or something? Is that what happened? Yeah, because it was bringing all the aliens to the yard. That's what it was. Yeah, that, come on, that's a little funny. My milkshake brings all the aliens to the yard. Mm, kind of. Okay, just checking. All right. Just yeah, a little bit. Anyway, guys, uh, we're not going to have any more dumb humor like that. I, I promise. Please, folks, call in and Better. complain about the bad humor that we have here. That's right. Go ahead. Yes. Give out that number again since I still haven't memorized it. Which is amazing. It's been what seven months now. You still have a <laughs> damn number like. I, I, I'll, know, I'll know on our one year anniversary. How about that? 
I hope so. And I, and I want some flowers in the one-year anniversary, too, by the way, sir. You want flowers? Uh, yeah. I want something. I don't know. Black, black roses. That's it. Black roses. That's messed up. Anyway, guys, uh, we'll be back on Skywatchers Radio with our guest. And we're going to talk about shape-shifting. So stick around on Dark Matter Radio Network and PSN Radio. Proud to be a book person. How do I choose a book? Sometimes it's the cover, sometimes it's the title. I guess I'm pretty visual. If a book's really impressing me and the writing is really good, I will peek and see what the last paragraph is because the endings of books should rock you. I am a book person, and if you're a book person too, read to a child and spark a lifetime of ambition. Join me at bookpeopleunite.org because reading is fundamental. A public service announcement brought to you by Reading is Fundamental, Library of Congress, and the Ad Council. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! <gasps> it's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. This is Mark Johnson. Join me and my co-hosts, Lauren DePinto and Bruce Pearson, for our new expanded edition of Unknown Origins Radio, as each week we talk to the biggest names and newsmakers in the world of the paranormal. Fun, informative, and sometimes controversial, Unknown Origins Radio brings you the topics that you want to know about. So join us in our new time slot every Thursday evening from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here on the Dark Matter Radio Network. Hi, this is Kayla Ambrose, and I'm your travel guide to the other side. I'm inviting you to join me on the Explore Your Spirit with Kayla show. Each week on the show, I serve as your travel companion as we explore the concept of many paths and one destination, bringing you enlightening and inspiring interviews with world-renowned authors, artists, teachers, and researchers, delving into metaphysical, supernatural, and paranormal topics, as well as new discoveries in the scientific and spiritual arenas. Join me here as we explore the mysteries of the universe, rediscover the magic in the world around you, and reawaken your spirituality. It's the shows you want, when and where you want to listen to them, all on the Explore Your Spirit with Kayla show. See you there. Remember, Future Theater could be heard every Monday night at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 7 p.m. Eastern, with your host, Bill, that's me, and Nancy. Hi, Karumba. Burns, and we are broadcasting live right here on the Dark Matter Radio Network. Breaking the walls down. This is radio. This is what people want. To download the podcast, make sure you go to www.futuretheater.com. Hello, my name is Howard Hughes, and I'm in London. And I've been proud to bear this name all my life. 
Over here in the UK, I'm known as a broadcast journalist. I've been involved in some of the big stories of our time. The fall of the Berlin Wall. The death of Princess Diana. I told London about that. And on the first and second anniversaries of 9-11, I was there at Ground Zero, speaking to the people who were directly involved and those experiences I will never forget. So news is my thing. But my great love is my show, the one that I produce, The Unexplained. Over the years on this show, I've spoken to people like the late Hal Bielik from the Philadelphia Experiment, Edgar Mitchell, the amazing Apollo astronaut, Dr. Stephen Greer, David Icke, and Uri Geller. People like Richard C. Hoagland have become personal friends over the years. I met him in London. So you can see that these sort of topics are what I like to discuss. Please join me on my show from London, The Unexplained, Monday nights on the Dark Matter Network. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954 That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. You're listening to the Dark Matter Radio Network. everybody welcome back to sky watchers radio right here on the dark matter radio network and of course psn radio now before we go live with our guest i want to give a, a very special shout out to the person who put this together uh mr derek fargo uh who is the publicist for the uh, lovely guest that we have on tonight and uh he really uh, was uh let me tell you he was top notch really really professional and uh love working with him so anybody out there who wants to get you guys on Please contact Derek Fargo. And now, without further ado, we're going to have uh, an hour and a half of a lot of interesting conversation with our guests, Mr. Jeremiah and Miss Elder. Welcome to the show, Skywatchers Radio. Welcome, guys. Hello. Hey, how are you today? Now, like we... Like we said in the beginning of the show here, uh, you guys are are known for the documentary Time Travel Zero, and now you've just uh, you're about to uh, finish up a documentary called Shape Shifting Movie or uh, Do You Shift? Right, that's the name of the movie. Do you shift? Yep. Yeah. All right. Before we go and talk about that movie, because I gave out the link by the way on YouTube, so everybody could check out the the trailer. They just came out online. What, like five, six, eight hours ago, something like that. Ten hours ago. How long ago was it? Um, four. Five hours ago. Five hours. I was very close. Just five hours ago, uh, this came out, and I gave out the link earlier. I hope everybody who's listening in went and checked it out. Uh, it looks really interesting, but uh, before we get to that movie, I want to touch on the first movie you two released. And, uh, of course, you guys are filmmakers, directors, actors, producers. I mean, you, you two do it all, both of you. Uh, and you're out in Seattle, by the way, again. Yeah, 
Shout yep. outs to my good folks in Seattle. Uh, but, you know, tell us about this movie, Time Travel Zero, because I'm very interested in the John Titter story. And for anybody listening in on Dark Matter right now, uh, John Titter, uh, this whole started back in 98, 2000, around there, like we said earlier on the show. Uh, John Titter is somebody who is very famous in the Art Bell community because it really all started on Art Bell's website, his old website. And uh, you know, tell us what got you guys interested in doing a documentary about that particular person. Well, actually, it started out, I had I was working at a large aerospace company at the time, and I was filmmaking on the side and acting, mm-hmm. and I was a lead of a, of a group, and I was walking around, and one of the... Um, members, team members in my group, he's looking at something on the computer and he put it down really quick. And then, of course, that piques my interest. I'm like, what, what were you looking at? And he's like, oh, there's just something, you're not interested in this. You would never be interested. And when he said that, I was like, oh, I have to know what it is. So I finally got it out of him. He gave me the website. And it was the um, johntitter.com one. And um, I looked at it that night and I couldn't stop. I like stayed up the entire night reading it. And it was about John, and we call him John Titter, but he came back from the year 2036 into the year 2000 and started posting on message boards that he had time-traveled. And a lot of the stuff, you know, I'm in um, manufacturing engineering at the time and computer science, and it was really fascinating to me. Like, I was looking up all these different formulas, trying to debunk them. And that started my whole journey, like my my spiritual journey, my journey of, like, realizing that other things are possible. And that, you know, and and so there was a, a filmmaker that I had worked with before and called me up, and he's like, I have an idea to do this film about John Titter. And I'm like, I'm in. It was just like that. And he had called me before with a, pitching me a number of things. And um, we were 100% in, and it was just a wild ride. And let me you, stop you right there, Alder. Uh, you said you tried to debunk the John Titter story. How did you try to debunk it? Like, what exactly were you looking for to try to see if you could debunk it? Well, for me, I was just trying to, like, look up different formulas in my own rudimentary way and try to figure out if they worked. And for, you know, it was about particle acceleration and a ton of things at the time that, that fascinated me and, and more, like, about energy and how energy works. And I was asking people around, like I, there were some people I call um, at that company at the time, I call them Jedis because they know everything about everything. You know, they just sit there and they can tell you all sorts of things having to do with physics and how um, uh, they were into remote how they're manufactured. And I couldn't get them, you know, they were like, wow, this is interesting. This guy's very interesting. Oh, you said you call them Jedis. Are they into remote viewing at all? Because there's a movie called uh, Men Who Stare at Goats. I don't know if you're familiar with it. And it's about remote viewing. It's about an actual government-sanctioned project uh, that took place a long, long time ago. Not in a galaxy far, far away. Just yeah, that was the George Clooney movie, right? Right, with uh, Ewan McGregor, the other Jedi, by the way. And uh. um, they, in, in the movie, they call themselves Jedis. Yeah, uh, but it stood viewers. for something... There was a, right. There, yeah. there was an acronym, yeah. But still, it was funny. They were called Jedi's. But uh, are these folks remote viewers also that we're talking about here? Um, coincidentally, yes. But I mean, I made up the name myself in describing them. But after I got to know some of these people, yes, they're into remote viewing. And okay. right after uh, studying about John Titter, I, I started to get into remote viewing. That was the next thing, you know, trying it myself. And, and it works. 
It so really what is, what's the correlation between remote viewing and shifting? Because I'm sure there's some sort of connection there. You know, I, I, I'm probably jumping way ahead, but... Okay, we I, can get back to it later. It's okay, you know. <laughs> yeah, we, we're going to start off on the, on the time travel titter story there, uh, Alan. I, I feel that time travel, I'll give you a little hint, I feel that time travel is completely possible, and I think our bodies have a lot to do with it. We're, we're the, um, the time travel machine. Hmm, that's interesting. You know, I've heard a lot of people talk about time traveling uh, being done uh, with the mind, and uh, you know, really, that, that's how astral projection obviously uh, would work. Uh, something with your mind, you astral travel, and if you could astral project, you could time travel. Basically, um, is that kind of where your your I guess findings led you to something like that? Well, yeah, astral projection is one form of it, and. Um... I work on that as well, and I think that um, it's kind of like astral projection and lucid dreaming that you're able to, to achieve consciousness while in the dream state. But there's also another thing where when you're completely conscious, you can take, um, and, and you're kind of in a meditative state, which is a different, a different state than the dream state, that you can actually take... Um, probability and, and turn it into possibility. That's the best way I can describe it, meaning that everything is possible in all time and space, is, you're able to access it. And so you're able to, to as you What we need, that, Alan, is a probability drive. Oh, yes. Uh, by the way, thanks for all the fish. Yes. If no one else gets that joke, you have to watch Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy or read yes. it. Galaxy. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> Classic movie. I love that film, by the way. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, you know, the John Teeter story, go back to this, this whole thing with John Teeter. What's so amazing is uh, there is, isn't there like a, I don't know if you guys covered this in the documentary because I haven't seen it. Shame on me yet, by the way. I haven't seen this documentary, which I, I will see very soon. Uh, Alan, stop snoring coke on the air, man. That's not cool. I'm not snoring coke. I just had a heavy sigh. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> going back to the John Teeter thing. Uh, there's a kid who's come forward. I don't know, again, if you've covered this, or or he didn't come forward, but there's supposedly a kid who is named John Teeter who are, are being, is being looked forward. He's in Miami. It's not me, folks. I'm in Miami, <laughs> but it's not me. But there's well, a kid down here. He's in Florida. He's in, he's in Florida. I, I, I can't remember if he was in Miami for sure. I, that was the I think it's more central Florida, if I'm not mistaken. But, I think it's but, did it, yeah. but funny as it is, isn't, doesn't the John Teeter story talk about him being in Florida and actually in the Tampa area? Right. Yeah, well, he, um, he, he basically claimed that he came back and stayed with his family. Um, and and they, there, is a, there is a kid, John Titter, and the, the, the Titter family that... Um, uh, now, did you guys cover this in the in the documentary? By the way, not to cut you off, but did you cover this uh, this whole part with the kid in the documentary? Because this is very interesting to me. Uh, they're, like, there, people are looking for uh, is, looking after this kid, right? Towards the end, so you're gonna have to watch it. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. No spoilers. No, no spoilers, folks. No spoilers. All right, I now, yeah, I cannot give any away, anything away. That's it's like if we, you literally mentioned one thing about the movie and it just completely spoils the entire thing. So. <laughs> okay, good. So, no spoilers. I, I do want to see this thing. Uh, so, now, the, the, this kid, people are looking uh, after him, right? I mean, people are kind of, like, concerned for his life, do you think? Yeah, people are kind of, like, 
it's 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 one of those things where people are kind of like waiting and seeing because um, when when I first was introduced to John um, John Titter when Alder said, "Hey, look, I, I want to do this movie with um, about John Titter because this is something that kind of spurred my life um, to uh, to change." And so I started looking into this, and when I looked into it. Um, coming from my, my kind of background and stuff, and I was like, this is the most amazing hoax I've ever come across. Like, this is absolutely fantastic. Um, and just just to be honest, by the time we got done with the, the film, we, we brought Scott Norwood on to direct the film and everything, and, and uh, he was amazing. He's out, out of Tennessee. Um, but by the time we got done with the film, I can honestly tell you that, that I have serious doubts that it, it was a hoax. And um, not that I'm a, a full believer or anything, but there's something, I, I feel that there's definitely something to it, to the whole time traveling and to the John Titter thing. Too many things um, came about, and, and I guess you would say we opened up a can of worms when we started interviewing people, and people started contacting us to to flat-out debunk it as a, as a hoax. Hmm. Are you saying, though, that there is some validity to what he's saying? Are you saying that you found credible I, evidence? Well, that's exactly I, I, what he's saying, Alan. I think there is, I think there is some validity to it. And, and before we started, like I said, I, I was the first one to say this was a, an amazing hoax. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. But, um, but by the time we were done, it's just like, well, I, I don't even know what to say now. Like, this is... <laughs> This is what, what, some, uh, what was some of the information that you came across that, uh, that really convinced you? I mean, Alder, of course, uh, told her, you know, her, her opinion, and now, you know, tell us what convinced you with this whole uh, John Theater story. So, some of the interviews that that we had um, uh-huh. were, were just amazing interviews, and 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 the the truth is, a lot of the people that we talked to, once we were done with the interview, had a lot more to say off camera. Like and they were they're like now I want to talk to you like face to face with the camera off. Okay, and now I I gotta ask if I, I, I'm sorry for interrupting, but if yeah. you're telling me that there are people that were like, yeah, we'll say this on camera, but we're gonna tell you something totally different off camera, that lends me to think that there might be some issues there. Well, the like um, we had a phone call with with someone that uh, that wanted to talk off camera about about um about the the validity of time travel and he was talking about the the fact that um that uh they were working with with a it was an aero like an aero like aerospace um a plane basically that that went faster than than any of the the planes that they had available was and it like light speed travel or warp was, speed? Like well, warp? he said that it went so fast that it, it rendered the pilot like immobile, like the the actual muscle functions didn't work. But they had actually found one of the one of the um, muscles, which was the tongue muscle, and he, he was saying that that their helmet that was designed to fly and fire this and 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 actually fire at this speed was con- completely controlled by the tongue. So the entire thing at this speed was controlled by the tongue, and it was just—it was fascinating. And then he was saying That's that, that, yeah, it was very interesting. And then he's saying there's a, another company that he knows knows of that 
his friend works at that they're they're tracking some pulse engine that's going from from the the California state area across the U.S. and over over to Europe, and it was it was happening within like like an ungodly amount of time. It was like three or six minutes or something that it would make its way. And so he he's like he's like there's technologies out there that you can't even fathom. He's like that you, that that people will never see. Anybody that's not government will never see this stuff. And he goes, I believe, well, yeah, I believe that. I, I, yeah, I, I believe, that. believe that. He goes, he goes, if you think time travel isn't possible and that somebody's not working on it or hasn't figured it out already, he goes, you're a fool. Oh, actually, uh, there's a publicly somebody working on it. Uh, Ron, yeah. uh, Ma- Ronald Mallet, I believe, is the gentleman's name. He's a scientist, and he's working on a time machine. And Ron Mallet's time machine, it's pretty incredible, the the concept that he's come up with. It's more like a portal within time. It's more than just a simple time machine. The way he describes it is he literally will be opening a doorway uh, between now when he opens a time machine, whatever you know, wherever he turns the thing on. It'll open a doorway until infinity in the future. So any time in the future, whether it be a day, a year, whatever, as long as the machine's on, he'll be able to interact with himself in that time space. So he'll be able to talk to himself in the future. Unfortunately, but what about the past? He can't, he can't go backwards because there's no machine there. So that's why it's a portal more than a time machine. The the logistics of it, the way he describes it, is sheer brilliance. Uh, I mean, it really is. But to the point that you can only send information back and forth, uh, I don't think you'll ever be able to send a person through this machine. Uh, so if you guys want to check out Ron Mallet, uh, Ron, Ronald Mallet, yeah, his work is incredible. Ronald Mallet, it's all over YouTube and stuff. And uh, there's even the uh, designs and everything for the time machine. I do look, I, I, I'm with you. And I know arts, uh, one of his favorite subjects on, on his old show was time travel. I'm with him on that. Cause I love the subject of, of time travel. Uh, and I think time travel to the future might be possible. Time travel to the past, I still have a little bit of a hard time with. And that's kind of what we're dealing with with the John Teeter situation is uh, he came from 2036 to the past. Yeah. And, you know, we were discussing the, the images and stuff that he posted online. Back in, uh, what was it, 98, 2000, around that time period. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it looked kind of hokey. I mean, you know, some of the images weren't exactly... I mean, I was expecting a, a DeLorean, maybe, with some cool things yeah. on it. I don't know. I was expecting something that looked like a tr- like time travel. But again, what, a, what does a time travel machine look like, right? I mean, we all have this concept of what it must look like. Uh, a police box. It's true, though. Yeah, yep. TARDIS, TARDIS. <laughs> yeah, that's what, you know, because that's what Hollywood tells us. So what really could it be? Uh, but do you, do you honestly do believe, then, that there is uh, some validity to the whole John Teeter uh, story? I do now, yeah. Yeah. I just think that there's definitely something. Once we did the documentary, so many people came forward with their stories and contacted us. You put yourself out there, like we were on Coast to Coast, and you, you get a lot of... Uh, feedback and um there's just some weird things that went on after that there's people that Hmm. say that once they made contact with john that um their whole timeline changed and that's what's interesting about it is all his dates can can move you can't really verify it because you have that whole argument that once there's contact made every there's a ripple effect and everything changes so which is an excellent question. Uh, do you think there might have been a ripple effect uh, from John Teeter coming back and and spilling uh, whatever information he was uh, giving us? Yes, I think the timeline is changing all the time. Like every decision that we make, we're we're changing the the probability, and with that, everything changes. We we have our we all have our own timelines, I believe. And so when we 
whatever we come into contact with changes our timeline. Well, that kind of that goes into a whole multiverse thing, doesn't it? Because, um, you know, the whole multiverse is uh, your whatever your decision is will impact whatever universe you're in, I guess, or whatever that... Your decision is different in every universe, I guess, is the, the way the multiverse could be explained, right? If there is a mirror image of you on different multiverses. Like, exactly. one day you wear a red shirt, one day you wear a green shirt. You know, it's one of those things. Uh, some parts of the United States uh, is being controlled by Russia, and some parts uh, there's some worlds out there, it's not. Uh, you, you guys ever seen the show Sliders, by the way, from the 90s? Oh, that yeah. was a great show. I mean, they explained the multiverse and how that would possibly uh, even be pretty well, I think, on that show. And it's funny because they took a, a lot of uh, cues from uh, one of my favorite scientists, uh, uh, Michio Kaku, uh, which I'm sure you, you folks are familiar with, right? I am. No? No. No, really? No, never heard of Mitchell Kaku. Well, that's a shame. Uh, well, anyway, uh, brilliant, brilliant scientist. Now, moving on to the other projects you, you guys, because you, know, you guys worked on, because I want to move on uh, from this John Teeter thing, because if not, we'll just do a whole show on John Teeter. Uh, but uh, tell us about the other stuff. You, you've also done some TV production, correct? Yeah, we... Was, um, like, like a pilot shot... or like a TV pilot? Is that what you guys shot? or? Yeah, we shot a TV pilot, and we are actually still um, we're pitching it. It's called the Divine Marigolds, um, and that is uh, it's the best way I could describe it is is a family show that kind of kicks back to um, the Cosby's meets uh, Arrested Development. Nice. Um, it's we wanted to go back to back to that uh, a good family show that that kind of everybody could relate to because that was the beauty of I, I felt the beauty of the Cosby's was it. it it had nothing to do with, with, with race or anything back then. It was all about the fact that it was just this family that everyone could relate to. And I love but it. Have, but have you seen Arrested Development? Because they're like the complete opposite of the Cosbys. Yes, I have. <laughs> but we had, we had to mix in that kind of comedy, though. Yeah, like, I mean, it's, like, it's like night comedy. and day, and I'm not even going racial here, but they're two completely different animals. Oh, they are, and 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 like I said, it's just kind of a mix there because like you got the family, the the family, um, com the comedy, but then we brought in some of the comedy stylings of Arrested Development because I mean that was it's a new fresh show that was this was up up and popular at the time, and, and honestly, I really liked their their comedy just, and so we kind of mixed the two, and. Um, and it's it's about an Irish family that kind of everybody can relate to, and it was something in the the TV pilot that we um, that we shot is basically the the father and the mother are saddled with their their grown children, all of them moving back into the house all at once. Hmm. So they got uh, one, two, three, four, five. Is it five kids? Mm -hmm. um, five kids. Their old or their youngest one is just about to graduate high school. Um, their oldest one is was traveling the world and just decided to plop back into home, and um, and one of their their middle their middle daughter has a family of her own, so she has a family and two kids, and and all of them are living under the same roof again. Um, so you can imagine. So like, so this is a horror show. Is what we're saying. This is, a, yeah, this is terror. Exactly. <laughs> so it, it's very interesting, and 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 all the characters are, are have their own unique like. Um, character to them or they're just they're just very funny in their own way 
but you can see the interaction, like, the way siblings normally are. Like, because, I mean, if you, I, my brother and I, honestly, if we weren't brothers, we probably would have never been friends or anything, but we're brothers. So it's like that changes everything. Um, and it's it's that way with, with the family. It's like they, they're the polar opposites of each other. They annoy the hell out of each other, but yet at the same time, they're right there to back each other up if, if, they need anything because they're family, like family kind of comes first. And, and, um, and especially kind of in the, in the time with the, the, the economic like fun that we're having in the U S and stuff, people can kind of get the idea of like, of the, the problems that, that some of our, some of our, um, our uh, citizens are having with, with like the economic struggle and everything. And, Mm. And so, I mean, you get it, like, you get, like, people having to move back in with, with family and stuff, or it's just, it's, everybody's kind of reaching out to help each other survive, so that's yep. what the show's about. That's cool, man. And uh, you, you said you're uh, shopping that around. Is uh, any networks uh, interested uh, so far in picking it up? Anybody uh, biting? Um, we had, BBC was, was looking at it. Nice. And very beginning but unfortunately we were a little we we're a little bit late on that they had just stopped picking up like it was literally a month before they took a look at her so um they stopped picking up new shows at that time so gotcha. we're we're wanting to and that was that was a while ago so we're wanting to go back to that shop it to netflix and, at this point i was going to say that would make a great netflix and, series and we we just got done recutting the trailer too because back then we had just ah. had really rough cut um when we were showing that so or not the trailer the pilot um so we just recut the pilot um the editor that did it is is actually um uh very experienced in in editing uh comedic timing and everything and so it was just it was hilarious after he i had seen it well over what a couple hundred times and when i saw it right after he got done cutting it i was again rolling and laughing like Laughing my butt off, I believe it. That's incredibly diverse uh, for you two as filmmakers uh, to do uh, something as you know you did with John Teeter and then moving on to like a comedy, a family comedy. That's very interesting. It's very cool. Yeah, we're, we're producers and um, we have a film, a team that was producing that with us. Lisa Coronado and Will Chase were also part of the team, and so you know we do do lots of things, but all of it you know speaks to our heart. Now, is you know what kind of projects are you more near and dear to though? Or do you look at the uh, paranormal, ufology, exopolitics, time travel, uh, comedy, family oriented stuff? Like, what's the the stuff you like doing the most that's really more near and dear to you? I would definitely say the um, the more the paranormal effect um, that has like a spiritual underline to it. Mm. Um, that that whole shape shifting or do you shift? is is a, a good kind of testimony testimony to that. Um Alder has just got done work uh writing out a script for the, her first draft um that she's been doing for a feature and that is that has a lot of amazing um kind of mystery and paranormal and she's that'll be filmed in Missouri. Um I am right now uh, handed over a script to a writer to f- basically finish up for me because I don't have the time to turn it into a feature. But um, it's it's based on 
the story is a, of a man and a woman that are separated by parallel universes, and they start seeing each other through the dream worlds, and mm. um, and all of a sudden they start awakening to their past lives and realizing that that they are technically like it doesn't really touch that they're, they're god and goddess but it's it's the basically it's the story of god and goddess reincarnating lifetime after lifetime to find each other um and this lifetime wait a minute to find each other in a parallel universe though now this this lifetime they they just happen to be so far apart because they they hadn't found each other in the last two lifetimes that they just kept they kept moving farther and farther apart until they're in two completely different universes and then it's their struggle to to pull their universes back together so they can be together. All right, that sounds wow. Great. That sounds interesting. Yeah, that sounds cool. That sounds like a good show for like the Sci-Fi Channel. I think that might be a good comic book or graphic novel waiting to happen. Yeah. You, you two ever thought about uh, doing something like that also for one of your films? Um, I haven't thought about doing a novel, no, actually. Good idea. Well, not a novel, but a graphic novel. Right. Graphic novel, yeah. Which, you know, in, in nerd talk, that just means a really big comic book. Or another way to talk about it is it's basically a storyboard before you make the movie. Right. Yeah. Or that. I know Derek, who's probably listening, who is listening, I'm sure our PR guy, he he would love that idea. <laughs> We're going to have to like pitch it to him, I think, and uh, I'll, send, I'll send him an email. I'll remind him. I'll be like, I know you know graphic novels, right? You're just like, what, you're just like the rest of us. I know you read them. <laughs> Here's an idea. I'm sure he'll love it. He's a good guy, that Derek. Uh, now let's move on to uh, the next uh, project, you two. Like we we're talking about here, uh, do you shift? Let's talk about this real quick because I just saw, like I said, the trailer. I hope everybody who's listening in saw the trailer. We, we gave out the link earlier on the show. Um, this, this give us a little backstory on the concept of uh, of this movie and shape shifting in general as you two see it. Well, we started out. We we had the idea for do you shift quite a few years ago. At four years ago. Yeah. And and like you you saw we do comedies, we do all sorts of films, but this film was actually putting us out there in a in a way we hadn't been before. Because shapeshifting is is a topic that pe- when I mention it to people they're like what's that? You know, that's not real. And so we had read a book by John Perkins called Shapeshifting Techniques for Global and Personal Transformation and that book described how he went to the Amazon and learned how to shapeshift, among a lot of other things. It's an amazing book. But that kind of inspired us. And as I was, we were doing our other films, we always had the shapeshifting film in the back of our mind, and that was the one, our baby. But we had to, we had to get brave enough to do it, um, just because it was such a different topic. And once we made the, the commitment to do this film and put ourselves out there in that way, it's just been incredible. All these people have come forward. We've had interviews all over. And we now, outside the world. of interviews, have you seen actual shape-shifting like, done in front of you? Yes. Yes. That's, you want to describe? <laughs> that, is, that was the turning Tell moment. Tell us about that. <laughs> that was the turning moment for me when... Like I tell people, that was like where you take your hat off and throw it on the ground. And you're gonna say, "F it, I'm all in." What is this about? <laughs> like I describe shape shifting and describe what you saw. <laughs> okay, so this was actually really cool. This was the most amazing thing so far that I've seen in my life. 
um, we were we went to this this um, it was it was an event where a very very private event too, where there's um, a large amount of people that were that were kind of keeping this private to themselves because I mean they just didn't want it out there. It's, it's not something they want out there. But um, so it was it had to do with this um, like a, this woman that was putting on the ceremony that was channeling the energy of a, of a Celtic goddess, all right? Now, going into it, you're not quite sure what, okay, what's going to happen. I have no idea what these people are doing, and let's just go and see. We asked, we, we approached the front door of this, there's this uh, a lodge-type place, and said, hey, can we come in and film this, this, um, this event and this ceremony? And flat out, she, no. Not a chance because this is very private to some of these people and some of these people are pretty well known and the last thing they want to do is have this out there. And I said, fair enough. And she goes, but you're more than welcome to join us and observe and then we'll talk afterwards. Okay, so we go in and um, they end up, there. there's a, basically a giant circle of people and she, like shoulder to shoulder and she's in the middle and she's speaking to everybody. Now this woman had MS and she was up there in age and she's walking around talking to everybody and, and just kind of speaking about the energy of, of the feminine and everything like that and and she's walking with canes and pretty soon like she's she's not walking with her canes anymore. And and she's starting to stand up straighter and straighter and straighter and then she starts going into this chant and she stops in the middle of the room and she just drops into this amazing like trance and I kid you not her skin completely like tightened up like her face went from this old woman to this woman that looked like she was in her 40s like it was it was and the filmmaker part of me is freaking out, saying, "How how are they doing this? How the special effect? This is this is awesome. What's going on here?" And like, it was just incredible. Where is the CGI being done? That's what I would ask. How is exactly. the CGI that's being what done? I was tr- in I, front I mean, of my face? You know, it sounds like the movie Lucy that's about to come out. It was. It was, that. it was just crazy. And then to top it off, everybody gets a chance to. They walk. They, one person at a time goes in a circle around her and then gets a blessing out of a, a leather pouch around her neck. And we go and take our turns and walk around and get the blessing. And when I, when I pulled the blessing out and I looked up into her eyes, her eyes were like shifting colors. They were like changing colors, like from blue to brown to green, like almost like a swirl effect. And, and I just like, I just, at that point, I just like, it was hard it's when your brain kind of like all the all the things that are taught to you and all the, the the concepts of what reality is just kind of shattered at that moment because I couldn't my mind couldn't put together what was exactly happening right then there. And now, do we have any of, of stuff like that, like actual shape shifting in this movie? By the way, yes. Ooh, interesting. And okay. And then to top it off, so we, we talked to her afterwards, and, and when she came out of the trance, she was back to her normal self. And so we talked to her afterwards, and we went and sat in the car, and we probably sat there for, what, like 20 minutes? For about 20 minutes, almost just silent, 
just trying to soak it in to figure out like like all these percep- pre- preconceived concepts of, of, of what reality was it just completely shattered and so and and Alder goes did you see her eyes <laughs> and I was like oh my god yes I did what was that all about how was that happening like and it was just like it was just a moment where like all reality is, is questioned and that's when I was just like you know what I want to know what else is out there. If that just happened in front of my face, like what else is possible? Wow, that's an that's an incredible story. Now you said that there's shape shifting like that in the movie itself. Like, so you were able to capture somebody on video, and they allowed you to capture them shape shifting. Yeah, we have um, we have a video um, in particular. There's a couple things, but I can share one of them. Okay. Uh, there's a there's a woman that we interviewed and she she's pretty private and she goes back and forth between here and India and she after we interviewed her she gave us tape that she got from a number of students on the same day where she channels the energy of a goddess Kali and she turns blue she physically turns blue and we're allowed to use that in the movie so I got it, and I was just blown away. And she's just really unassuming. She doesn't film a lot of her stuff, and she had, you know, this footage that uh, people have been telling her for a long time that she physically shifts. And so huh. we have that, and then we have an, another, you know, a few minor things that we're we're going to add. And then we're probably about not even a third through filming. So we're going we're traveling around the world to all these different locations and we're going to go to Ecuador and visit the Shuar tribe and they shapeshift into like anacondas, bats, jaguars. And there's been a number of eyewitness accounts. I Did I've you say bats? Yeah, bats. Oh, the people shapeshifting into bats? Yes. I'm sorry, yeah. I've got to ask one question. How big were the bats in this situation? Nobody said nothing about no bats. No, no, I'm, I, I'm, I'm trying to understand the mass conversion. Yeah, this is, this is weird. That's a huge uh, conversion down <laughs> yeah. from a human. Um, well, there's all sorts of things, you know. Um, and, and by the way, we're scared that they can shapeshift into salamanders. You know, well, here, here's the thing. Even our own, you know, and I'm going now into a little bit of mythology here. But even like, say, Dracula's mythology and in vampire mythology, uh, there is that, uh, you know, that aspect. They do shape shift from Dracula or a vampire into bats. We're there actually is... traveling over to Europe and traveling the werewolf, tra- traveling the werewolf belt up to Transylvania, Romania, um, and Romania, Bulgaria. To to look into that as well because that is I mean that is something that still happens over there here in the US it, it's very strange because we've been what our what we've done is is been speaking with people overseas and stuff and, and from other countries and here in the US we're very sheltered um, it's very shape-shifting shamanistic shape-shifting healing work with with animal energies and stuff here it's very it's very Hollywood, right? Um, it's fantasy. Yep. Over overseas and in other countries, even in other countries that are very modernized, it's still a it's still something that happens and it's still something that's very accepted as no, the norm. 
so where where is that disconnect between between us in the Western culture and the rest of the world? Why is the rest of the world have this 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 understanding or ability or or that they don't even question? Whereas here it's just like oh shape shifting's awesome. It's it's like the like in X Men. Well, it's kind of like ufology in a way, the way it's treated here in the U.S. compared to the way the rest of the world treats it and, uh, you know, the whole UFO phenomenon. Over here, it's kind of like, yeah, it's a joke and, you know, mainstream treats it as such. But in other parts of the world, you know, it's much more serious of a topic. I'm sure the same thing could be said for vampirism or, or uh, you know, Dracula lore over in Transylvania. For them, mm-hmm. that's, uh, you know, there's uh, even a, a Dracula movie coming out, another one, which they've made so many, but there's a new one coming out with... Uh, uh, I believe Luke Evans is going to be playing Dracula in this thing. And um, it looks fantastic, by the way. It really does look good. Uh, th- that's a mythology that never goes away, though, the Dracula mythology. It's uh, it's interesting. And, of course, it's kind of... Wait, 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 wait. The Dracula person. mythology... No, I, I would say the Dracula comes and goes by vampirism and in general. Yeah, but how many, how, for how long now have we been talking about Dracula You know, being in, in films? How many movies have they made over the last hundred years? Too many. Exactly, it never goes away. Yeah, it never goes away. And the last few have been really, really bad. I mean, we had the uh, the good one with Keanu Reeves and Gary Oldman in the '90s, but uh, there hasn't been many good ones since then. Uh, This one looks really good, though. By the way, it's it's a completely different take on the whole Dracula mythology. But uh, it's interesting to think that there might be some truth to to that if you want to correlate the whole uh, shape shifting into bats. Uh, from humans, uh, you know, I mean, that's interesting as heck. So you folks are going out there to uh, to check out some of that mythology, huh? Yep. And wow. and today in quantum physics, we're understanding that shape-shifting is possible, that matter can transform between a wave and a particle. And so what does that mean? I mean, could we go back and look at all the old mythologies and say, wait, is there more to this? Right. And that's yeah, this, our, yeah. our drive is... Is, is what's possible. And every single person we interview says in one way or other in the interview, we're, we're more than we think we are. And there's like a whole underground community of people that, are, that call themselves shifters. And they're kind of like hidden in the way from the mainstream because they, they don't want to be exposed. But we don't want to expose anyone per se, but we want to let everyone know that it's possible. And there are people that are willing to talk, so, you know, well, we want to, not only is go, it possible, but, like, like the normal everyday person mm-hmm. is a lot, they're, they're a lot more than what they perceive they are. Well, yeah, there's that whole, we only use 10% of our brain uh, yes. situation. So, uh, yeah, well, and not only that, but reality is ever-changing. I mean, we find out different stuff about our own reality within what uh, monthly basis something new you know, pops up that we never knew about. Uh, so reality is constantly changing and morphing and, and shape-shifting in many ways. Now, you know, the the popular theory on shape-shifting is, th- is like what we've seen on Star Trek and stuff like that before where a being would shape-shift from one object to another, uh, even in an object that is not a living object. Do you think that's possible at all? I do. I think that um, I've I've seen my nephew actually, well, this is, I've seen him like disappear. And, uh, and Whoa, a lot of, hold on, hold on. <laughs> You've seen your nephew disappear? I have, I've, got to tell this, <laughs> I've got to tell this to you because this is one of, one of our favorite instance, instances. This also gives you a beautiful look into what children are capable of because they're at a young age, they haven't 
they haven't been bombarded with the preconceived concepts that everybody like is bombarded with as they grow up, right? All um, right. Uh, this is reality. This is how things are. This is how you are. This is this is the only way, right? So right. He, we were we had we had talked to them about shape shifting and 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 it was right after we had read the book, and um, we had talked to the kids and everything, and so we had practiced it and everything, just kind of like meditating and talk to them about like kind of feeling, feeling the energy of what they want to become and all this stuff. And so in our house, we're, we're, we're playing hide and go seek with, there's like five kids down in a, a completely finished basement, really nice place. And all of us are looking around for, for Oliver's nephew and uh, we walked into the theater room, which consisted of just a, a big screen TV on the wall and a couch and some speakers in the corners. And um, we looked everywhere. We pulled the couch back, put the couch back forward, like pulled the cushions off, went, looked all over the place. There's only a few rooms down in the basement that he could have been in, and, and, and he couldn't have come out of that room without going past everybody to go into another room and we went into that room about four times and then finally went back in there and we were sitting there and I turned around I was looking up looking back out the door and one of the little one of the other little nieces goes oh my god there he is right there in the corner and I turned around and he's sitting there huddled down like just kind of crouched in a ball in the corner and I go oh my god Eli how long have you been there and he goes, I've been here the whole time. And I go, no, you, no, you haven't, because we came into this room and, and we, we literally tore this room apart looking through this room. Like, you've not been there. Where were you? And he goes, no, I was here. He says, I was feeling what it was like to become the rug. And he goes, I just, all my energy I was putting into becoming the rug. And I was like, you, you're kidding me, right? And he's like, no. He's like, I was just, he's like, you told us how to do it. So you're and, literally the, the first person on the planet who was actually playing hide-and-go-seek, and you're not pretending that you don't see the kid in the room, because every other adult that ever plays this game No, pretends. it wasn't pretending. Because <laughs> like, we're all like, we don't see little Johnny. Where could he be? And he's like, hey, I'm over here. The adult in me wanted to be like, was like, like, no, that's not possible. But, like, I mean, I hate... I had just, he was right. We had just talked to him about this and, and, and talked to the kids and said, hey, look, this is, this is very interesting. Shape-shifting is very possible, and it's all about your energy. And, and, and so he didn't even question it. And it just kind of dawned, I mean, first of all, I wanted to like be like, no, that's impossible. Like, but yet it, it happened right there in front of me. And like I can guarantee you, he was not there when I was in there. Like, there's no way he could have, like, physically, he was not there anymore. How much do you think? Is, how much you think is the, the the fact that it's a kid? Uh, and you know, as a lot of people think, you know, kids, you know, are generally more open uh, to sort of uh, this sort of phenomenon or even paranormal phenomenon. Do uh, you think that might play a lot into why he did it so easily? I think so, exactly. That's in John yeah. uh, John Titter actually, or I mean John Perkins actually talked <laughs> about his daughter, um, his his was able to learn shape shifting a lot easier, because um, she grew up around it. 
and I, I think the kids, like, having that, have, you know how, like, kids will do things that are just crazy because they have no fear because nobody's told them that, right. no, you cannot do that. I think it falls under the same category as kids can do things because they have these abilities because nobody told them that that's not possible. Right. Yeah, it hasn't been mentally blocked from them yet. Exactly, it's, and a number yeah. of people have came forward, like, on our Facebook, um, sending posts, really long posts, and multitude of people um, telling us stories when they were kids how they shape shifted, and that their parents told them that wasn't real, and that they're happy we're putting up the the site, and that's interesting to me. Like I didn't realize this would happen. You know, putting that out there that that people would come forward and they want to share their stories about shape shifting because they, a lot of times they spontaneously changed into something as a child, hanging around with like their their pets or things like that. Well, that's interesting. So, it, it, oh yeah. Now, w- with a lot of the stories, though, I mean, are any of them coming forward with uh, any proof at all? I mean, did you document anything that you could say, "Well, look, this is some hard, concrete evidence of uh, this kid who has this ability to either shapeshift or disappear, or something that you know did any of that make the film at all?" Um, not yet. Like as far as those people, we haven't. We're just developing relationships with people. Because as the first one where Jeremiah told you in the, the woman, the god the goddess trans shifter, um, they right, wouldn't like, let us yeah. um and we went in there gung ho. We came with our cameras and we hadn't developed a relationship. So really I, what we're working on now is just working in relationships with people and What well, you need to do is you need to go to a spy shop and buy some spy cameras and put them on <laughs> like glasses or something or on a shirt and go in there and just you know don't even tell them hey I'm recording you just uh, you know get it on camera that would convince everybody like you know why is it that we don't hear more about this on the mainstream news or, or even on the news in general or more people talking about shape-shifting if it is um, you know if it is a credible thing it, you know now this is funny because I do have a question here for you too. Uh, this is uh, coming in through uh, the wormhole right here on the Dark Matter Radio Network, and it's coming to us from none other than Nancy Burns, and uh, she wants to know what are your thoughts on David Ike, uh, who's made a career about talking about shape shifting. Um, I love watching his videos on YouTube. I mean, I think that um, some of his stuff is more like reptilian, right, and I think that, I mean, that is a form of shape-shifting, and that's, I think when people think shape-shifting, especially um, in that type of media, they, they go they go to immediately to reptilian, and there's so many different kinds of shape-shifting. Are there reptilians here? I think it's it's possible, but I don't think that, for me, I think that they're on a different, um, they're, they're living mostly on a different dimension. But yeah, so you don't you don't think this lady uh, that you guys saw shapeshift? You don't think she's like a reptilian shapeshifting? I don't know. Okay. I mean, energetically, so, I think that you can feel when a reptilian's around, and I don't think that. What I do you mean by feel that a reptilian's around? I'm sorry, I gotta ask. What do you mean? Well, um. So I'm kind of, I, I work with energy and can feel different people's energy. And you can feel, I mean, we know our bodies are built with intelligence. And if you really tap into your intuition, you're, you know when there's another type of entity around you. You just know. I mean, you, 
if you're seeing people walking down the street, there's sometimes I feel that there's other entities here. Well, I kind of see where you're, you're going at. Like, you know, for example, when somebody walks in the room, you get that, you know, even if you don't hear them, uh, you, you still get that vibe, like, you know, somebody's walking into the room. Like, I, I get that every yep. once in a while. Or like when my dog walks in the house, like I, even even though I don't hear him or see him, I kind of feel his presence. You know, he's walking in the, around the house. Uh, so there's a, there's a little sensitivity, I guess, to energies uh, in that regard uh, to when other beings are around. But how do you exactly uh, zone in to reptilians and know that that vibe is around? Because I've I've been dying to meet some reptilians. I really have. So far, no go. <laughs> um. I don't know from personal experience. I just know that I'd know. I know this, that sounds very strange, but... Um, Have you seen any shape-shifting uh, reptilians yourself? No. I, I don't think they're in my energy field. Gotcha. I, I don't, you know, I think that they come in and out, and some people can see them. That's my belief from what I've heard from other people, but I haven't seen them myself, and I just don't feel that they're in capable of coming into to my energy field gotcha. you know? now are you two looking really uh looking f- for somebody who will voluntarily let you record them shape-shifting on camera or uh, are you yes. looking for those kind of individuals also because i'm sure that i mean that that right there will open pandora's box for you and that really would uh you know blow this thing out of the water if you get somebody who agrees to it and it's not cgi or anything like that folks like a real shape-shifting on camera that would do it wouldn't it well, um, the intention of our, our documentary so is not to like expose people. We aren't we aren't a newscasting show. Our intention is to actually shape shift ourselves. So we're shape shifting our own lives. We're completely transforming our lives. And we have our YouTube videos where we're showing what we're doing to transform our own lives. And we're working on shape shifting, our whole team is. And along the way we'd love to film people that want to be filmed. There's people that have came forward and we're going to go film them so I mean that's just a highlight but to expose somebody um, I mean that's not our intention no no I understand that but I'm not even talking about like purposely exposing somebody or, <laughs> or, or putting them out there like that without their you know yeah. permission even <laughs> though I did say wear a camera and just sneak in and you know, <laughs> record them yeah, against I, their I, will I if, if but, somebody said like called us up yet tomorrow and said right is it record hey, me I'm me. down to do it I, I mean that's perfect in front of the camera for you, I there's no way I wouldn't be there. I'd be camping on the front lawn that night, like waiting. Right. Um, I mean, you think? because that that is that is just another aspect of of shape shifting that proves like this is possible. If this is possible, what else do you think you're capable of becoming? That's interesting. Uh, guys, we've got to go to a quick commercial break. We're going to be back in a little bit here with our guests. Uh, again, Jeremiah Kaner and uh, Miss uh, Elder Sherwood. Elder Sherwood. Elder Sherwood. I was butchering names on the show. But anyway, we'll be back, and uh, we're going to have open lines for the rest of the uh, the show, uh, the next segment. So please call in, 786-245-8127, if you guys want to ask him anything whatsoever about the movie, uh, about the shape-shifting movie, or about the John Teeter movie, or uh, their pilot. Anything you want to ask, please do still open lines for the rest of the show. So please stick around. This is the Dark Matter Radio Network, and you're listening to Skywatchers Radio. We'll be right back, everybody. Oh, my God. 
This is Jeff Brady, host of In Other News, heard on Dark Matter Radio, Thursdays at 5 p.m. In this strange period where free energy technology is weaponized, dissent is criminalized, and war economies flourish, the human family is being deliberately assaulted on multiple fronts, in the food, air, water, and during sleep. Yet here we are with information at our fingertips, only to become a slave to the portable digital communication device. You know what you're really communicating. You're screaming to cell phone corporations, please put a chip in me. Past shows have looked at issues involving electromagnetic weapons, satellite stalking, RFID, orgone and organite, illegal fluoridated drinking water for infants, airport radiation scanners, secret societies, energy vampires, psychopathy and surveillance, sex trafficking, disaster capitalism. So tune in to In Other News Thursdays at 5 p.m. on the Dark Matter Radio Network, the pioneers of overnight talk radio. Hello, my name is Howard Hughes, and I'm in London, and I've been proud to bear this name all my life. Over here in the UK, I'm known as a broadcast journalist. I've been involved in some of the big stories of our time. The fall of the Berlin Wall. The death of Princess Diana. I told London about that. And on the first and second anniversaries of 9-11, I was there at Ground Zero, speaking to the people who were directly involved and those experiences I will never forget. So news is my thing. But my great love is my show, the one that I produce, The Unexplained. Over the years on this show, I've spoken to people like the late Al Bielik from the Philadelphia Experiment, Edgar Mitchell, the amazing Apollo astronaut, Dr. Stephen Greer, David Icke, and Uri Geller. People like Richard C. Hoagland have become personal friends over the years. I met him in London. So you can see that these sort of topics are what I like to discuss. Please join me on my show from London. The Unexplained, Monday nights on the Dark Matter Network. This is Mark Johnson. Join me and my co-hosts, Lauren DePinto and Bruce Pearson, for our new expanded edition of Unknown Origins Radio, as each week we talk to the biggest names and newsmakers in the world of the paranormal. Fun, informative, and sometimes controversial, Unknown Origins Radio brings you the topics that you want to know about. So join us in our new time slot every Thursday evening from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here on the Dark Matter Radio Network. Hello, my name is Howard Hughes, and I'm in London, and I've been proud to bear this name all my life. Over here in the UK, I'm known as a broadcast journalist. I've been involved in some of the big stories of our time. The fall of the Berlin Wall. The death of Princess Diana. I told London about that. And on the first and second anniversaries of 9-11, I was there at Ground Zero, speaking to the people who were directly involved and those experiences I will never forget. So news is my thing. But my great love is my show, the one that I produce, The Unexplained. Over the years on this show, I've spoken to people like the late Al Bielik from the Philadelphia Experiment, Edgar Mitchell, the amazing Apollo astronaut, Dr. Stephen Greer, David Icke, and Uri Geller. People like Richard C. Hoagland have become personal friends over the years. I met him in London. So you can see that these sort of topics are what I like to discuss. Please join me on my show from London. The Unexplained, Monday nights on the Dark Matter Network. Hi, this is Kayla Ambrose, and I'm your travel guide to the other side. I'm inviting you to join me on the Explore Your Spirit with Kayla show. Each week on the show, I serve as your travel companion, delving into metaphysical, supernatural, and paranormal topics. Join me here as we explore the mysteries of the universe. 
all on the Explore Your Spirit with Kayla show. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call key information solutions now. 954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. We are back for the last segment here on Skywatchers Radio, live again on the Dark Matter Radio Network and PSN Radio. How to get a little closer there. If you guys want to check out what we've uh, been talking about tonight, uh, we're going to post it over on skywatchersradio.com for the podcast. If you guys want to listen to this on replay, you can go there every uh, single week. We post it immediately. Also, uh, check out the Dark Matter Radio Network. I think in a couple hours, the, uh, Keith will replay the audio for the show tonight in case you missed most of it. It's been a fascinating hour and a half so far, Alan. And uh, it's just, uh, you know, hopefully now we get some calls and get some good oh, questions that, uh, for our guests. Good job there, Alan. I don't know what the heck you just said. I said, you know, you're right. It's been a great show, and I'm waiting to hear what people might want to call in and ask. So, yeah, if you guys want to call in, once again, the number is 786-245-8127. Open lines, again, for the rest of the hour here. And, uh, again, we're back with our guest, uh, Ms. Elder Shearwood. Elder? Close. Alder Sherwood. Alder, that's what I'm saying. It sounds like I'm saying it right. I feel like Data from the Goonies now. I keep saying Alder <laughs> Sherwood. And you keep saying Alder Sherwood. And I'm like, I'm saying Alder Sherwood. Like, I am Data. That's that's the new uh, thing. I'm going to be Data now. And Jeremiah Kaner. I'm pretty sure I said that one right, right? Yep, got that one right. All right, at least one out of two. I'm batting 500. But uh, hopefully you guys have some good questions for them. And, of course, the only rule here on Skywatchers Radio, if you are going to call in, you have to be absolutely fascinating. All right. If not, just don't call in. We don't want any uh, of you uh, callers who are just uh, not bringing the goods, man. Uh, now, going back to what we're talking about here with uh, with uh, the movie Shapeshift, uh, how far along are you uh, in the shapeshifting uh, tale? I mean, you, the movie doesn't come out to next year, so uh, how far along are you in the production of this thing? We're about a third of the way through. Wow. That's third it? Of the way through. Yeah. That's it. There's a lot to cover. And and the crazy thing is, like, that's that's also why we're kind of putting out the YouTube channel and stuff like that is, is by the time we're done, we'll have so much footage and so many interviews, and it'll get cut down into like an hour and a half. And and if if that and honestly, it'd be nice to put out all the 
all the coverage. Would so, there be an extended coverage, like DVD? There'll like be extended coverage. We'll, we'll have on the YouTube channel, we'll be, we'll be putting out full interviews. So cool. people will actually be able to see, like, the full-blown interview with, with the people that we're talking with and um, all sorts of good stuff. I mean, why, oh, why would cool. you not put that out there? I mean, right. these interviews are hands down some of the most fascinating things I've ever experienced. And why not share that with the world? Now, tell us, you know, I don't want to get too spoiler uh, happy here because I want the audience to see the film, obviously, but uh, the, uh, did you get, like, any messages from some of these folks that you interviewed, like anything uh, pertaining to the, our future, any particular uh, messages to mankind they want to relay, anything special at all? No, like, all they said in the in earlier on, um, it's like everybody we've interviewed has has at some point in the interview said the exact same thing and which is is kind of starting to become this chiming theme of of everybody people everybody is more than they think they really are and and that people are needing to awaken to that to what they what they are capable of and it's and like she said like all every interview that we do at some point, that's that's said in some way or another. And these are people that don't hang out with each other either. These are people that are spread across the Northwest and across the U.S. and everything, and 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 different different backgrounds, different. Um, there's North Amer- or, uh, Native Americans, Aztec, like. And they all say that we're in a time right now where things are changing and accelerating rapidly, and that. The quickening, as Art Bell used to call it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. They all say in a, all different ways, you know, we're, right. we're in a period of great change. And so um, we have to loosen our belief system of what's possible and kind of re-examine our beliefs and, and let them go because we need to be open to what else is out there because there are people doing all sorts of things. There are people, like you said, that are um, astral projecting, they're changing their form in the dream world, and then they're able to do that. You know, they start there, and then they're able to do it in the physical world. There are people that bilocate. There are people that renew view. There are people that do all sorts of things. There are people that take on energies of animals. They transfer themselves into animals. They are taking on energy of goddesses. They're taking on elements like fire and being able to wield those. And there's people doing all sorts of things. And so we have to start... Why don't we hear about this stuff? Uh, like, why don't we hear more about this, uh, people doing this kind of, uh, this kind of stuff? Why is well, it... Well, I mean, if you... There's all sorts of books about it in, in, you know, in different cultures. So in India, there's a lot of different saints that, that are able to do things, like um, bring a smell in the room. They bring up, like, a... A rose smell or perfume in the room. I've um, actually witnessed a guy from India change forms in front of me into all different. He changed. He looked like Moses. He looked like all different people in front of me. He just kept on changing his face. And there's people that are documented all over. It's just they're all in different cultures. And so we want to capture each culture, all the different things that people have seen. That's interesting. Speaking of Moses, uh, Christian Bale's playing Moses. And talk about shape-shifting. 
Man, <laughs> that guy, yeah. he morphs into a character every time he plays a movie. It's incredible. I think he's a shapeshifter, personally. Christian Bale, what do you think? Definitely. Definitely. That's, <laughs> okay, so that's, that is something that also is really a really cool aspect of shapeshifting in, in our modern culture nowadays. So there was an interview with um, Jim Carrey. Ah, another rubber face shapeshifter. <laughs> now, now this was fascinating what he what he talked about because he was asked, "How did you come up with these characters?" Um, for instance, the Ace Ventura character. How did you come up with that character? And he said, "Well, I was having dinner with um, Anthony Hopkins before I was filming, and I and I said, how did how do you come up with your characters? How do you?" these incredible characters that you come up with in your movies, what, what do you do? And Anthony Hopkins said, well, in the movie, um, what was it? Hannibal. He's, or, in, or silence of the lambs. He said, um, I, I took on the energy of, of a crocodile and the way it stalks its huh. prey moving so quietly, knowing that its prey is already dead that it's so much superior to its prey, just having that essence of, of being better and bigger and stronger and more superior to their prey. And he, so he took on that energy for that character. So Jim Carrey took that advice and, and, and actually used it in, in a way of, of, of physically shape-shifting. So he said that he took on the energy of a bird, like a macaw, the way... The way he dressed, the the bright colors, the way he did his hair, the way he walked, the way he spoke. He said, like when he walked, his head would bob like a bird's head would bob. He's like, mm-hmm. he's like, I just totally took on the energy and the essence of a bird for that character, and it and that's how I came up with that character. So we have people using the concept of shape shifting in in modern everyday life, which is which is really interesting to me. And then, um, then an- another, another. Experience. Well, I, I don't know. If that, that's a little bit too literal, though. I mean, uh, I don't think uh, Anthony Hopkins was being literal. Like I took the energy literally. I'm talking. I think he, more like a metaphorical energy. Yes. Like you know, he, yes. you know, he, you know, just so the audience don't get confused and think, man, this uh, Silence of the Lambs is an incredible movie. He actually shapeshifts into, a, and they're gonna go rent the movie, and then they're gonna be like, what the hell? It's not exactly what. Is being pitched on the area. For those who haven't seen it, of course, but uh, he doesn't physically turn into a crocodile, everybody. But uh, I guess you're talking about the the essence of the animal, the essence of the beast is what he's tapping into. Uh, But that's that's a different form. That's not really shape shifting, though. I mean, that's a completely different type of that. That's method acting. True enough. Well, there's another form of shape shifting that what we've found when we've interviewed different people is they take on energy of the animal. So they take on energy of a cheetah when they want to run fast. They take on the energy of a bear to be strong and brave, and a lot of different tribes do this. And so they're actually, hmm. I mean, it, it isn't physical, but it's energy. It's energy work, and they're taking, you can use, you can use all different types of energies to help you throughout your entire day. You can think, you can channel in these different energies to be, to transform your life. And what we really found with shape-shifting is it's not about transforming into something else, it's becoming more of yourself because back to that, that we're much more than we think we are, we're, we're larger than our physical bodies. So 
we have the capability of taking on all different types of forms, whether it be physically or energetically. And so it's all of us. We're, we have access to all of it. Let me ask you a question here. This is going to be a little tricky for me to um, to put in a proper cohesive question. Uh, let me. This is the best way I could ask it. Do you believe, uh, either one of you or both of you, could answer this individually? Uh, do you believe that we as human beings could shape our realities, and that is what people are tapping into the the ability to shape not only shape shift but shape their realities and the environment around them? Yes. 100%, and that's exactly kind of what we're, a big thing that we're tapping in on this on this um, documentary is, is about shape-shifting your life, shape-shifting your world around you. Now, the reason, that is, the reason oh. that's important, real quick, the reason that's important because uh, a lot of people in ufology, which was, you know, the topic we deal with on the show mostly, uh, believe that, uh, or, and this is not a popular belief, but it is a belief within ufology, that the UFO phenomenon is something that we're manifesting ourselves because we're literally wishing upon a star for aliens to be real, and since we're wishing so hard and we want it so bad to be real, we're manifesting the phenomenon. Um, so it kind of goes with what you guys are saying, in a way. Well, so there's a... I think it's with what John Titter said on on one of his message boards, but there's a part in our film where he talks about um, that the UFOs mm-hmm. are us in the future. And so all right. these... Right, another popular... Uh, another very popular theory with UFOs, yeah. Yeah, the the these different entities on the different planets, they're they're all part of our of us and they're living simultaneously with us because, you know, time time isn't linear. Time's happening all at once. So it makes right. a lot of sense to me. It's like, oh, of course. Time travel's already happened. Every single thing that that you can imagine has already happened. <laughs> You know, it's funny, there's a video I was watching a couple of days ago on time itself and on the different dimensions. You guys can look it up on YouTube, it's about the 10th dimension, uh, and they explain each dimension, and yeah, and there is an explanation for one of the dimensions, the higher dimension, I think it's like dimension uh, probably 10, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, where everything is, it's, uh, you know, all cohesive, like the past, the present, and the future, it almost becomes like a snake within time, where everything is running simultaneously, and this is how they used to explain multiverse and string theory and a bunch of other things and the parallel universes and and how everything is kind of co- you know running cohesively next to each other in a sense um, I believe that I believe time is that way uh, but how can we possibly detect it because in a sense uh, how is you know time we detect it because of things that get old and, and stuff and that's how we, we figure okay well this ages so that must be time passing um, I have a little hard time believing though that we are coming back in, from the future uh, and trying to like do what exactly? Like, study mankind, how they were in the past. I mean, uh, wouldn't we know already the history? Why would we even bother coming back? Unless you're trying to change it, right? You could actually test it yourself. You can go into meditation and talk to your future self, or you can talk to yourself as a child and watch watch your life change. Go go back to your past. Go sit in an incident, like get into deep meditation, and go to an incident in your past and talk to your past self. You can do that. And just test it for yourself. 
work out an issue with your past self when you were five years old and an incident happened where you got in trouble for something that you didn't do. And but would I be able to change it, though? That's the thing. I mean, that's the only reason yes. why one, one would it go back in time is to change now. the past, you know? Like, I, I don't see any other reason why an entity from, like, say, a million years in the future or 200 years in the future or whatever, or even 2036, uh, would have a need to go back in time unless they're trying to rearrange history, which that kind of gets into a little bit of a tricky area itself uh, when you think about it. If you're going back in time to change history, well, what does that mean about the time that you left? I mean, when you go back into your own future, is it going to be the same? Are you going to deviate from the timeline? What exactly happens? I mean, there's a, a whole Pandora's box right there. Of uh, of time displacement, or or as the doctor would say, wibbly wobbly, timey wimey stuff. Well, I think we have a lot of. Uh, well, yeah. If you... Go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, you know, if you try and talk to your past self and you change your future, or you change that past action, um, you're not coming back to the same point, are you? No. Which well, it gets that's where it gets tricky. So through time. <laughs> You're, you know, in, in your mind and, and they, have you heard of like past life regressions where you go back and you, you oh, oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. And so you're yourself right now in the now, all you know is now and now is expansive. And in the now, if you can deal with things that happened in your past and let go of them, they change your present time. And so same thing in the future, you could project yourself into your future and that's, it, all it is doing is, is making your now better. Mm, it, now, let's say that I do try to uh, talk to myself in the future. I mean, how much of that could be attributed to me really talking to myself in the future or the past? Uh, I, honestly, I wouldn't want to even admit to it if I were to succeed and uh, doing something like that because people would just want to put me in a straitjacket. I mean, that, that would... Uh, be completely off rockers if I come on air and say, you know, I did it and I talked to myself in the past and something changed. Uh, I think people would think of me as kind of loony. Do you think that's why people don't come forward who might have an ability to do stuff like that? I think that's why in in the recent past people haven't come forward. But but now we're actually seeing like this incredible wave, and and a lot of people do say it's like new age wave or whatever. But it's this incredible wave of people that are that are discovering things and, and, and capabilities and 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 ways of living that never never had been even thought about. Um, I mean, personally, for me, back in the 80s and 90s and stuff, looking at, at this spiritual revolution that is happening now, like, I would have never even fathomed this. But people are, like, um, most almost all our interviews, sorry for that, most of all our interviews have, have said that, that this, time that we're living in is an incredible time to be alive because we're witnessing the next revolution, the next evolution in mankind as far as spiritual awareness and awakening. And that's it's one thing that the that the the whole Mayan the the um whole Mayan calendar and everything, all that was was kind of touching on is it's a whole nother section of existence in human history. Well, that's kind of uh, debatable because uh, the mind calendar really was just saying it's at the entrance of uh, of the next age 
or right. it, it, it is a, it's a cyclical thing. It wasn't the end of anything. It was just uh, commencement of the next age, which uh, I it guess would be what the age is. of Aquarius is where they were heading. The next that's where we're heading to. Yeah, it is the next age. It's the, it's the next age, just like we've. I mean, we've gone through these amazing technological advances throughout history, where it was the the Iron Age and, and right. The, Technology age, and all of a sudden, this is the next age that's happening, and and people's awareness and 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 kind of in being in tune with their bodies and with their minds and stuff is catching up with the technology that kind of surpassed them for a hundred years. There, it, we really jumped forward fast, I think, with technology, which was awesome, but now human consciousness, I think, is catching up. Right. Our well. body is the ultimate tool. We have capabilities that, that computers can could only fathom. <laughs> you know, we we haven't accessed it yet, though. You know, it's funny. I was watching a movie earlier tonight called Transcendence. Have you two uh, seen this movie yet? Oh, Transcendence. Yes, it's with Johnny Depp. Excellent movie, and it deals. Uh, with a subject that, again, uh, that is near and dear to Art Bell's heart and something that he talked about on, on his show back in the day, uh, about switching the consciousness from the human body into a computer. And oh, how one day okay. in the very near future we'll be able to do just that, where our human body dies and we you know, we wake up and we're in a computer and we're a running program. And it's literally us. But the whole concept of the movie, why I thought it was so brilliant. Mind you, this movie tanked horribly and a lot of people hated it but I decided and it was a really a brilliant concept the the really the deep you know philosophical question that it asks is uh, uh, is the soul real what is the soul uh, if we could actually you know transcend into a computer then does that mean there is a soul is this computer the real person is it just a copy or carbon copy uh, it, it asks so many different uh, deep questions which uh, this is yeah. the problem with movies like that it makes you think and that's why people didn't go see it because nobody wants to think anymore. People are just kind of uh, brain dead. But I highly recommend that movie, Transcendence. Uh, listen, we're almost out of time. Uh, I'd love to have you two back on in the near future when you have a little bit more with the movie done so we can promote it a little bit more. I definitely want to check out the film once it's finished. It sounds very, very interesting. I love the subject of, uh, of shape-shifting. I'd love to all, you know, also love the time travel stuff you guys did. I really want to look at that film about John Tudor and uh, and really dissect that. So please come back on the show in the future, and hopefully we'll have some uh, some folks call you and ask you a bunch of questions and interrogate you from the very beginning. So uh, usually that's when you know the best calls are in the very beginning. So next time when you come back, we'll have open lines the entire show. Uh, now for uh, for everybody listening in, I want them to know the website. So please give them all your URL and where they can uh, track the movie down. Uh, obviously, we gave the YouTube account earlier, but please give that out again and and your, your websites and all that stuff so everybody can follow you and follow the film. You can find Shapeshifting or Do You Shift on Facebook at um, Do You Shift, the Shapeshifting documentary. You can also find us on uh, shapeshiftingfilm.com, and you can find it on youtube.com, Do You Shift. It's, or Sorry, forward slash Do You Shift. Very cool. Thank you both for being on here, man. And I, like I said, I really want to have you two back on. I think uh, this is a very interesting movie, and I'm dying to see what you, know, what you guys do. Yeah, it was a great uh, conversation, too. Again, it'll be out next year in midsummer, right? That's when we're looking at a release date for this thing? Yep. Mm -hmm. Thanks for having us. It's fun to talk about all this with you guys. 
I love it. Learn a lot. Love it's it. been a blast. It's been a blast. And again, you guys can check out the podcast later on uh, tonight. It'll be available on skywatchersradio.com. Uh, again, thank you so much for for being here on Skywatchers with us. Really do appreciate your time. It was fun. Thank you very much. Thank have you, you. Have a great night, Jeremiah and Alder. Right? You too. He, you too. Yeah, he got it right this time, I think. Woo! I think so. <laughs> hey. That's what Data thinks, anyway. <laughs> Good night, folks. Good night. Uh, Guys, uh, that was that was fun. No, I you enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sold on shape shifting until I see it, but that's like you know, I'm like that with. All I want to see someone turn blue without the effects of a special blue light or something. That's what I'm going with here. I want to see it. Well, I don't know about blue because you know, blue could signify maybe they're about to die. You know, they're blue in the well, face. They were, well, yeah, but they were done. Yeah, they were pointing out that you know the guy turned blue, and I'm like, okay. Show, yeah. show me, and you know, I'll, I'll go along with it. You know, the thing with the eyes uh, that was kind of trippy. I'd love to see somebody have uh, that ability. Uh, we did get a couple uh, of messages here, and uh, you know, during the, the show, which were pretty funny. Uh, one of them said, "Were they intoxicated with DMT?" <laughs> uh, I was going to ask, but I don't want to be rude, you know, on air because that's not cool. Uh, but anyway, guys, it's been a blast uh, having uh, them on, and hopefully they do come back on and uh, they share, you know, more info on the movie. Check out the movie. Do you shift? It's all over the internet, and uh, well, it's not all over the internet yet, but the uh, trailer is. You can check that out again. Skywatchersradio.com. The podcast will be there uh, soon, uh, but. Stay tuned to Dark Matter Radio Network. They're going to replay it here in a couple hours. I'm sure Keith is already doing the technical stuff to get it uh, on. I believe he is, yes. I believe he is. He is the overlord and the dark lord of Dark Matter Radio Network. And a really cool guy also. Don't believe the hype. Everybody out there listening in who might have heard some crazy stuff in the last last few days. He's a really, really cool guy. So, shout outs to Keith Rowland. And the rest of the Dark Matter Radio Network staff. Guys, this is uh, Skywatchers Radio. We're going to come back next week. Same Skywatcher time, same Skywatcher channel, which is the Dark Matter Radio Network and PSN Radio. So stick around for more stuff here and come back next week for more stuff. And tomorrow night, the Rich Giordano Show. Check him out. Really cool show. Very good. Good night, everybody. Good night. Peace. Stay safe and stay classy, San Diego. 